Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Hey, welcome back to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Pia Larson with Fingerprint Marketing. And today I have a special treat for you, Mike McCallowitz. Did I pronounce that right? You nailed it, Pia. All right. <laughs> um, he is our guest today, and he is a pro- prolific author of The Pumpkin Plan, Clockwork. Uh, I almost said Clockwork Orange, but I stopped. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Fix the fix this next, and he's just come out with a new book called Get Different, and I have so many notes for him, but I'm going to let him take over the show and share some great nuggets on how to mark differently. Welcome to the show, Mike. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a joy to be with you. Yeah, so I have to ask, how many times a day do people mispronounce your name? Because, you know, I can relate. Yeah, so, yeah, so externally, everyone, like, all the time, meaning, like, people that, uh, acquaintances and so forth, my own family Sometimes we mispronounce our own name. Like I, I've caught myself saying Machalo. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. So it's a, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. Yeah, but it's kind of like a good quirk because first of all, for listeners, if you haven't gone to his website, uh, MikeMichalowitz.com, click on the speaker at the <laughs> right, top. Right. It's hysterical because he not only tells you how to pronounce his name, but he has different quirks about him, which just right out of the, the gate. I love it. So. I know that people can read your bio in the notes and everything. You're a prolific writer. You lead your marketing with books. You've, you've shared tips with entrepreneurs. But this is this book's different because you're marketing it differently. Yeah. You're calling people out and, and kind of it's like a call to action. You're right. Um, and, and I and I relate to it so much because first of all, my business is fingerprint marketing. Leave your mark, be unique, stand out. Amen. But I also have some challenging questions for you as well. So in a nutshell, what is the gist of the book? Well, the gist of the book is it started off with responsibility. If you are better than the competition, you have a responsibility to market so that customers can find you. Otherwise, it's a disservice. So the essence mm. is marketing is is the ultimate act of kindness. And then it's the strategy of how to get noticed. Um, and I, I spoke with many behavioral specialists, behavioral psychologists, brain experts, and and how we get into the brain of a prospect or any human being, how we garner and retain attention, and then how we compel them to take action. And what's interesting is the vast majority of marketing does the exact opposite. It's so ignorable, we don't even see it. Um, and, and the goal here is, by the way, is not being outrageous or invasive. It's not being about being manipulative. It's simply, if we are better than the competition, we have a responsibility to get noticed so that the consumer can make an educated decision. And and the book teaches you how to do that. So as a small business owner, what if you ask yourself, okay, so a couple of questions. What if you ask yourself, I don't really know what makes me stand out. Do I just close up shop? I mean, do I just dig deeper? I mean, (laughs) yeah, so reality here. That's a great question. And it, it starts with the essence of the owner themselves. 
So your business really is a platform and amplification of who you are. So we have to investigate internally. I conclude uh, the book get different with a action that may actually support this investigation is to email. I call it find your different email your friends and acquaintances from the past that you haven't been in touch with for maybe five or 10 or 20 years. These are your, your buddies mm. from the old days. Then reach out to some people that know you today and ask them a simple question. Uh, as you remember me, what do you feel makes me different? What, what made me unique? What do you remember about me? Now, the interesting thing is you're going to find a common thread. Oh, you were always like so, so deeply sincere or very earnest or you were funny or whatever adjectives they use. But that is inevitably your common thread of differentiation. We need to seek a way for our business now to amplify that in the way it expresses itself in marketing. That's I'll take that one step further. I actually had my mom answer that question. Uh, what do you remember me as a kid? And it was very eye-opening. It was like, oh yeah, I remember like I was, you know, special things that I did and I put on shows and it was, it was really insightful. So if you haven't thought about call mom, (laughs) right. (laughs) Um, so being good is no longer good enough. You have to be different, but not being different just to be different for different things. Being good is great. Uh, but customers won't know it because they haven't found you. So good is not adequate for getting noticed. What I say is that people know nothing about their experience with your business until they experience your business. And therefore, the only experience they have with you is your marketing up to that point. The marketing is the face for you. And the experience is once they work with you. Uh, For example, I was on Zoom recently, and this was a couple of weeks ago. The Zoom meeting comes up, everyone has uh, their pictures up because they're not on their live cameras yet. I remember looking at this one person like, wow, you are awfully young to be on this call. And then they turn on their camera and I was like, oh my God, you just aged 30 years in front of me. Oh, that was your favorite picture. I get it. Well, there's a little (laughs) moment of distrust there. It's like, oh, you're putting out this, but this is who we are now. And in our business, we have to have that that congruency. Otherwise, it actually causes a little tinge of distrust. So if we put out there this wacky wild company, and then we're the super sincere and uh, serious and professional company, the marketing experience is incongruent with the actual experience and people have distrust. So a good company, to your point, is not adequate uh, because we have to get noticed. But when you get noticed, you must be noticed in a way that's congruent and consistent with what the experience is going to be like working with you. That's a great point. And I'm all of a sudden thinking about real estate agents that don't change their their photo for 30 years. And then you come to sell a house or buy a house. It's like, wait a minute. So frustrating. (laughs) Right. And I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to put their best foot forward, but it's not their current foot. And I'm saying, you know, don't worry about your looks. Worry about that the customer wants to work with who you are as you are. And I don't know if looks are an influence over picking a real estate agent. Um, I want to know someone that's professional and can find the places, but I want to know who it is. And when there's this yeah. incongruency, there's definitely hesitancy associated with incongruency. Yeah. So you're, you're a really funny guy. You're goof. Uh, I love the stuff that you put out there, <laughs> but we can't all be Mike. Um, and, and, and you shouldn't. don't want us to all be, Thank we God. should not yeah. <laughs> seriously. Uh, one, um, one's enough. Work away. Yeah. One's enough. You are kind of a tool, right? <laughs> 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 oh, you've heard that one. Yeah. 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 I've heard that one. I love that one. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I've, I've tried to explain to people, it's like, I know you want to be funny, but if you're not inherently funny, don't, don't go there. So what are some other characteristics or things that you can kind of tap into to pull out your business personality? So, you know, the concept is, uh, I call it the EST, the EST, and this is a superlative. So you can be mm-hmm. the, 
You can be sincere, or you can be the sincerest. You can okay. be funny, or you can be the funniest. So whatever your natural tendency is, we have to lean into the S. One example I had was with someone who is just a numbers cruncher. So she was really an analytical type of person. And uh, her marketing was like, hey, work with Jody. I'm you know, wonderful. And then you experience her and she was very detail oriented, wonderful person. But there was incongruency of this, this marketing perkiness in the reality of, of something. So we changed it to, we call it the Spock marketing. We said, every time you market, just say, I am basically a female Spock. And I dig so deeply into the numbers that I even lose kind of that emotional zeal to me. And uh, it's that. because I just have a love for your numbers. Expect to work with Spock. Is that who you want? The acceptance rate or the conversion rate skyrocketed ever since she did this. Customers like, oh, I get it. And then when she delivers her service and she is really cranking the numbers, she's like, I, oh, this is what we're going to do. And she comes back with this very logical decision. People are like, I love it. I got Spock on my team. Who doesn't want Spock? She yeah. leaned into her natural self, uh, an analytic, and, and she excelled by, by being true to that. She didn't try to placate what she thought the consumer base wants. Now, there is certain customers who want Miss Perky. There's other customers who want uh, Miss Detail-oriented. So she found her true tribe by doing that too. Which is an important point because we yeah. all want our tribe. We don't want people that are not our our people. Um, right, because I'm the play I tell tape. people. Yeah, I tell people, if you need to pray on it, ask your spouse or light a candle, you're probably a not, not a good client for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And There's people take, sometimes they take offense, but. If you fake it in your marketing, you're going to then have to fake it in the service. It's just this, this yeah. inconsistency and it feels kind of icky. Yeah. And you, you mentioned um, she leaned into the Spock motif, which is a great idea. It's like, think of someone because you, because people think emotionally, they think in pictures, right? So yeah. if you can connect it instantly with an identity uh, in social or online or culture, people will get it a lot faster. So totally. she, even her, yeah. it wasn't really a tagline, but she'd say, I'll tell you when your numbers are not logical, right? She pl played off that. It's not logical thing. Yeah. And there was a love for that. So yeah. yeah, you can find in any category, whoever you are, you can find uh, an established brand or celebrity or whoever that may represent, and you can take those ideas and, and translate them to your business. Okay, so to recap, you really had to dig into what makes you special. Um, and I did like one of your quotes was, um, let me see if I can find it. There's a limited number of things that people love about you. Ditch the stuff they don't love and replace it with the things that people love. I love that because you, everyone wants to be everything to everyone and you oh. just can't, right? So right. just lean into it. But what if you have a bigger business and, you know, you have different partners and different entities under there, you know, how does that drip into that kind of branding, that kind of marketing? Yeah. So what well, we can do that if you're a more established business and you have some size to yourself, you can reach out to past customers as opposed to past friends now and current mm -hmm. customers and say, what makes us unique? So I, I had a business in the tech services and I reached out to uh, my past customer base and I said, what, what made us unique? And they said, it's your response times. You were so quick to respond. I said, okay, that is the judgment factor. In fact, there's a real simple, magical question you can ask of any of your historical or current customers. Ask them, what am I doing right? They, when you say, what am I doing right? They are actually not telling you what you do right. They tell you what they judge you on, the thing they notice. You do hundreds mm -hmm. of things, but that's the one thing that they're honing in on. The thing you're doing right is your differentiator. That now becomes part of your marketing message and you can lean into that. 
I, I love that example because we've actually done that exercise with our clients. And one person said, you guys are so responsive, you're mind readers. Oh, so we actually took that into our marketing and oh, my ran gosh. with it. So yeah. powerful. Yeah. yeah. So powerful. Exactly. Okay. So as a fellow marketer, here's the challenge that I'm sure other listeners have is the consistency. So let's talk about marketing formats. So like, you know, everybody has an e-blast and an email list and they're sending out the same format. You know, we're on social media. Now we're doing video, you know, all this stuff. I understand that you don't want to follow the, follow the crowds because that doesn't differentiate yourself, but there's something about what's expected. Sure. And not only that, I'll bring up email in particular because sure. I've been emailing my clients for 15 years. Yeah. So do I stop emailing my clients and try something different or is it just take that email marketing and change it? Yeah. Great, great question. So first of all, there's a difference between clients and prospects. Clients are people that already have an experience with you and an engagement. And there's an expectation to your point there. I, mm-hmm. I want regular communication. So if you PSM me an email, I'm going to open it. If no, someone I've never heard or known before, and it says, you know, sale 50% off, I'm probably not going to open it. So yeah. we innately distinguish between trusted relationship and new relationship. So in a trusted relationship, we definitely have to build some kind of rapport mechanisms. But in a new relationship where we, we don't have any kind of rapport, we need to do something that will garner attention, different, and is attractive, compelling, and tells a person what to do with it. Often when we use an established medium, uh, email is a great example. It's a very established medium. What I do when attracting new prospects is I look at what my contemporaries are doing, my competition are doing, and I do a technique I call the opposite technique. So for example, as an author, I was launching Get Different. I noticed that mm-hmm. all of my contemporaries, when they launch a book, they send out an email blast. It's it's black text and it's a white background. Maybe they throw a picture in there. It's like, okay, black text. What's the opposite of black? It's white. What about white text and white background? I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make sense. You can't see it. I'm like, oh, can't see it. I sent out an email that in black text, the very first line said, this is the first ever invisible ink email. Click and drag below to reveal the message. And it was white text on a white background. When you drag over it, it popped it out. And now people are like, oh my gosh, the open rates were more than double on that. And the click-through rates were, were off the charts for us on that email because I it was different. That. So I love that. Yeah. So for the new, we have to win their attention. For the established clients, we want to retain their attention. Got it. I love that idea. So is it hard to come up with new ideas and, and how to twist? I know you have so many strategies. We can't go over all yeah. the strategies uh, that you uh, explain, like the X factor and the blend strategy. But are there some that you can uh, share with us and kind of go over them? Yeah, it's very easy to come up with ideas if you simply pay attention to what garners your attention. I call it the the what what technique. Here we go walking down the street and you're like what what the double yeah. take. That is something that triggered in your mind uh, to garner your attention because it was unexpected. There's a thing called the reticular formation that that's always monitoring information and it actually disregards 99% of inputs because they're irrelevant. If something can get through, there's a reason it got through. So I'm not saying intentionally go out there and look for oh that's good marketing. Just when you're going through your regular life, if something gets your attention, it'll probably get your prospect's attention. Then do what's called R&D, rip off and duplicate. When you see something (laughs) that's working elsewhere, how do you take that in your industry and translate it? Another technique is just to look outside your industry uh, altogether. Is there industries that have best practices? I'm an author. Uh, I I observed what the cleaning industry does. This is a real example. Saw that they were putting an 800 number on the back of their cleaning products at the store saying, call for the pre-recorded message. 
And I heard that they get about 10% increase in sales because some customers want more detail. Well, I put that on the back of one of my books. It was the pumpkin plan. And sure enough, sales increased by 10%. I took an idea from somewhere else and brought it in. Um, another way to get ideas is just meet with people, particularly outside your industry, get some friends together and just say, let's do a brainstorm. Here's the thing. I want to market my retail store and get some attention. What should I do? And someone will say, you know, strobe lights in the window. Another person says mirrors in the window. Someone else says, why don't you do a sense infuser where, where smells are coming out and you'll get ideas that break you out of the box. The, the one thing is whatever the best practice or established approaches in your industry is likely to be ineffective for new prospects because they're already seeing that. And if they're disregarding it for them, they're going to disregard it for you. So we want to break out of that white noise. Yeah, that's I love that. However, we still have to balance best practices with, let's say, web design, you know, yeah, and Google and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, so that's you know that's that's kind of challenging. But I, I just looking at your website, I'm already getting ideas. Like, oh, I, might I love have to that. Do some R and D. Yeah, there's there's best practices. I think best practices service ninety nine percent of our business elements, like the flow of a website, how yeah. to place things. Absolutely. There's a structure that works better than other structures. It's because people have comfort and can navigate quickly and efficiently. But we don't want to copy the best practice of marketing. Like, How do other people try to stand out? If we try to stand out the same way and they're in the same industry, now it starts becoming invisible. I tell people, hey, if you check out my author site and you love it and you're an author, if it's genuine and authentic to you, you can try it out. But it's already out there. If, if, if you're selling you know, potato peelers and you look at my site, my gosh, you may want to do a straight duplicate if it's authentic to your different because it's working for me as an author, probably work in the potato peeling industry too. Yeah, this is what the number one reason why I personally don't like to niche into one one industry like doing websites for lawyers or or real estate agents. So smart. So it, smart. Yeah, I just it first of all, it makes me bored. It it bores me. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and it bores the all, customers too because they fresh. start seeing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So That's great. uh when we talk to our clients, we we say, hey, go look at stuff that's outside of your industry and what catches your eye so to your point. smart. Yeah, yeah. If my yeah. own site, uh, there's a section that says meet the books. I took that from mm -hmm. the beer industry. There's a beer site that says meet the beers. It's like, oh my gosh, that's such a genius approach. And I've never seen someone say meet the books and position it that way on an author site. I'm taking that idea and going to develop on that. Yeah. God, so many good ideas so far. So what are some other strategies that you list in the book that that might be helpful to the listeners? Well, so uh, there's another technique called the blend technique. And uh, yeah. I'll give you a little story about this. This was done by a bank here in New Jersey called Commerce Bank, subsequently built and sold, sold it for a billion dollars. And what they did is they looked at other industries and said, how can I kind of act like another industry and market like the other industry? This one particular bank, Commerce Bank, saw that McDonald's has these Happy Meals and kids love to pull mom and dad's pant legs saying, I want my Happy Meal. And we go there and they get a toy. It's the treat for the kid, if you will, that's that's in, encouraging the purchase. So the bank noticed said, oh, we want to get kids coming to the bank uh, and give them a toy. But when they looked in the drive-thru, it wasn't the minivan with mom and the child. It was mom or dad and a dog. And that's when they said, oh, we can translate this to dogs. They started giving dog biscuits and dog treats out it caused a Pavlonian response. These minivans are coming by the bank and the dog starts drooling and barking, wanting to go to the bank. It was the ultimate marketing to dogs that drew this bank forward. So that's a blend technique. 
Yeah, similar to the the pup cup, I guess, with Starbucks or whatever, where you can actually get a little whipped cream hot chocolate. Oh, for your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a way to treat the dog. Yeah, it's a similar idea. And and look how Starbucks is doing. Now, I'm not saying it's that one thing that's driving Starbucks, but it's the accumulation of these different different marketing approaches, different promotional uh, things that work collectively to to bring you know pretty significant uh, drive of it of prospects. So you wrote this book during the pandemic, and I think you will agree that there's some different there's some different vibe going on with marketing right now, not yeah. only during the pandemic but after the pandemic, specifically about emotionally connecting to people, yeah, and like getting through the noise. Um, what are you seeing? From, from your personal perspective. It's fine. I, I, during the pandemic, I remember an email, two emails I got. And uh, one was from Chevrolet. So I'm going to pick on Chevy. Uh, I mm-hmm. owned a Chevy. And they emailed and they said, uh, the, you know, we hope this message finds you well. So many people are suffering in the pandemic. We are ready to serve you with our clean facilities and so forth and come and buy a car. And it's like, oh, that is totally tone deaf. First of all, to say, you know, everyone's suffering. You don't know the context that I'm experiencing, and maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Secondly, then to try to make a sale on it. Now, another company, United Airlines, uh, a company that I don't enjoy at all, impressed the hell out of me. They email and they said, uh, we hope this message finds you doing well. Same kind of open. It says, we can't even fathom what you're experiencing in this pandemic. Perfect. They don't know my message. They don't know what I'm experiencing personally. And they, they, they acknowledge that. That was beautiful. And then they said, we simply want you to know we're here to serve you when you are ready. So they didn't try mm-hmm. to sell me something. They said, we're here to serve you when ready. And said, if there's anything we can do for you, uh, please tell us. And by the way, we've upgraded your status. In the meantime, if you're traveling or not, we just want to know we've taken care of you. And I was like, oh my God, didn't sell me anything. Don't don't try to implore something upon me. Um, they were definitely not tone deaf. And then other emails came out. And sure enough, I am buying more from United Airlines than I ever anticipated. I am so loyal to them. And I'm wondering, wow, maybe it was because they weren't tone deaf. I I think different marketing doesn't mean confrontation, doesn't mean outrageous. It definitely means empathetic, definitely has that component to it. Yeah, that's great. You also have another book out for children. Oh, I just happened to have it in my right hand. Yeah, my money bunnies. Love the title, by the way. Can we talk a little bit about that? I'd love to, Pia. Yeah, because we we do market to kids and they're listening. Why is this message so important for them right now? So um, when I wrote Profit First, I heard from enough parents and grandparents and and people with just children in their lives, aunts and uncles and so forth, saying, uh, and teachers, that I wish Profit First was available to my child. And I, I... I look back on my own life. I, I've raised, uh, my wife and I raised three of our children and realized, oh, we, we had ways to teach the system, not at the adult level, but at the child's level by using little jars. Um, and it, it's, it, by the way, I'm not the creator of the jar system by any stretch. This has been around for eons and, right. and Profit First is a, a flavor of it. So my Money Bunnies is a flavor of a system that's always worked. But I thought maybe you could re- reintroduce a new way. And uh, we started testing out the kids. We had teachers try this out uh, and it was received so well that I was like, okay, now it's time to make this a book. It, it's a story of a young girl named Sophie. And um, to me, she's a definition of what I experienced as young girls. She, she's not the Disney princess type necessarily. She's She has a skateboard. She's got a cut up leg. She loves her artwork. And, and she's kind of typical of some of the girls that I knew 
and uh, she struggles with money. She she works chores and tries to do things to make money, but then spends it frivolously, even though she wants to own an art supply kit one day. So how do I get there? And so she is taught by her grandmother this jar system, which I was taught by my grandmother, the jar system. And um, she starts dividing up any of her earnings into it. One is to uh, serve some of those frivolous desires. I see uh, uh, some ice cream and I want to get that. She has a source for that. There's a bigger jar, slightly bigger, that source serves her future desires of having that art kit and she's consistently saving. And the biggest jar is to give back to her community, to serve others. And she uses this jar system um, that look like bunnies to, to do this and, and has a really successful journey doing that. So that's a good marketing point is that you don't have to reinvent the story. You can take an age old system that's been around for a long time and just put your own twist on it. Yeah. Right? It becomes fresh again. I, yeah. Yeah. I, admittedly, you know, none of my work is necessarily uh, reinventing something or, or a new invention, but it's new because I give it a new flavor, a new spin. I maybe combine it in the same way. I, I consider like music. There's what eight major notes in the musical scale. Um, yet there's millions of different fresh songs out there because they're taking the same eight notes and repositioning them. That's what, what I try to do as, a, as an author. Yeah. And as an author, you can read something 10 different ways until it really resonates with you. Yeah. So, yeah, this has been great. I have so many nuggets, takeaways. Thank you so much. Is uh, I'm just going to send everyone to Mike McCallivitz. Dot com yeah. for everything. How about this one? You can go to MikeMotorbike.com because no one can oh, say Michalowicz. Okay, that's so much easier. Mike yeah, Mike Motorbike. It's a nickname. I, by the way, I don't drive a motorcycle. I never even had one. Nickname from grade school because it rhymed. MikeMotorbike.com is the place to go. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate Thank it. You. And you guys need to get the book. It's amazing. There's so many nuggets in there. Talk to you soon. Bye, Mike. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.